0: So, I hear that uh, there's a new river in the United States that uh, sprouted up in the last few days. Did you hear about that? No, I haven't. It's called Crimea River
1: mm. Twitter. Yeah, r- River of Tears over Twitter. Yes, I, I can see that.
0: Crimea River, my little playground is being invaded.
1: Yeah, some people all of a sudden don't like free market capitalism. And I think the funniest thing I saw was uh, people crying about how this isn't fair. You can't do this. You could have done other things with your money that would have been better. You could have solved world hunger somehow or different things like that. Somebody cited a study I saw that was like, for $20 billion, you could solve homelessness in the United States. And Elon Musk just spent twice that. Like, okay, well, if that's the case, then go go ask the government for that. They spend that much money on like toilet paper and stuff. It's it's nothing.
0: Yeah, I kind of have a feeling these are the same people who say that, you know, another 20, 40, 60, 100 billion dollars, even another couple of trillion dollars in education will get everything. Everybody a STEM degree. Well
1: that would only be advantageous to the people who hire STEM people to suppress wages and keep uh, skilled labor at a lower value than it should be.
0: Bingo. Yep, pretty much that's the way it is. Hey, listen, I, I did a thing this afternoon. Um, James Woods. We all know Jimmy.
1: Oh yes, he's gotten very political in the past couple of years.
0: Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy got online and uh I, I, I did a screen capture of what he said, so I thought I'd just kind of spitball a few things and I'll read you a few items and I'll let you pine and give big brain uh, (laughs) views on this. He wrote, it is astonishing how severe the uh, suppression is of free thought uh, during the Twitter dark days. And he's got a hashtag Twitter dark days. You know, that would never get on there a few days ago. Now I get tens of thousands of likes per tweet and gained over 50,000 followers just yesterday alone. Hard to imagine the effect of this level of suppression on the 2020 election. Your thoughts yeah
1: I thought it was interesting that's um that's a, a similar sentiment that you see a lot of places uh, you see a lot of people claiming that there's <laughs> Uh, a lack of suppression going on or Twitter is changing their policies. Now, you know, that's totally possible. We don't know what's going on inside Twitter right now. There could be a total shift in policy, even though the company, the actual sale has not actually closed. Uh, all of the, I would call them kid alts who have opinions on the internet seem to think that because a man decides to do a thing, he's prepared to write a check. Therefore that is how that then it's done. Um, no, in, 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 in the real world where adults play, uh, business transactions of this magnitude take at minimum weeks if you're lucky and everything's all lined up weeks (laughs) at worst case scenario can take months or years yeah obviously this is going to be a fast transaction as it is a situation of buying all shares of the company combined with a going private there's no conflicts of interest really it's it's pretty simple um but that still doesn't mean that the day it was announced by the board that they were willing to accept his offer that didn't mean he owned it then so, anyways, it's silly. Um, to kind of add on to that, there's there's been a lot of rumors of people saying things along the lines of, oh, they're they're locking down the code and they're they're doing all these things. Like, yes, it's a standard business practice when you have a software company or even a company that's not a software company but they write software. Uh, you lock down your strategic assets so nobody sabotages them before the sale of the company completes. It's just you know, it's just basic due diligence and on the part of the person who is selling the company. Given the fact that you could then be liable for lawsuits and loss of value and all kinds of stuff nobody wants to go through.
0: And and understand that people that do malicious things are prosecuted all the time and the government will prosecute even with a Biden administration Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, The number number one thing that that, uh, happens regardless of what administration is in power is the enforcement of business law. Business law is pretty important to follow otherwise like the whole premise of the United States falls apart. But as far as the uh, James Woods uh, comment goes, I've seen a lot of people talk about this dramatic change in policy and uh, I've seen liberal accounts people have been tracking follows and their followers have been falling off a cliff and you know your more conservative people are claiming oh look they're deleting the bots and then conservatives are having massive upswings in followers like uh woods here and people are there seems to be a divide as far as I've seen some people seem to be claiming uh see they're no longer blocking people from registering or following and they're not shadow banning or I don't know it's, it's a very confused mess but regardless the point is it all has to do with like some amount of authoritarian control over the system and I, that's very possible but I'm going to err on the side of that not being the case because what I've seen just with you know a little bit of cursory research on these different spheres of Twitter uh, seems like there's a massive influx Twitter actually confirmed this of there's a massive uh, n- amount of new signups on the platform of
0: Nazis they're all
1: Nazis yeah I'm sure they are They're and everybody knows a good good Nazi follows James Woods
0: there you go yeah I thought they were all over all over in Ukraine and in Maripol defending the doing, uh, doing super myth. yeah <laughs> hanging
1: out with their some somehow also being led by their Nazi Jewish leader Zelensky I don't know how that works anyways we'll move on um <laughs> Point is the, uh, the Twitter did did say that they had a huge number of signups that were uh, the volume had increased dramatically. So I would assume that's conservatives trying to get back on the platform um, or coming back honestly after they deleted their accounts because Trump got banned. That's really probably what it is.
0: But he's not coming back because he's no. got his own thing. What's it yeah. called, Daffy Duck? U or something like I don't that?
1: Know. Yeah, something. Um, don't uh, worry, folks. At some social. point,
0: yeah, at some point in time, we will uh, we will upset literally. Everybody in the apple cart. So,
1: yeah, at this, at, at honestly, at this point in my understanding of how the world works and the idiotic commentary of most people, if there's a single person alive that likes me by the time I'm dead, I'll be shocked. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. I will. There's a, there's a huge influx. I'm going to be around. <laughs> well, I hope. I hope you're not alive when I die. Well, that would be an astounding achievement of science. But I mean, no, wait a minute, wait it, a minute, and it would be a huge failure for myself.
0: Well, no, 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 no. Let, okay. Let's just say, let's just say, I, I live to be like 140, the oldest old fart on the on planet. And we, I don't. Well, well, you can stick around, <laughs> I guess. Okay, you got me, you got yeah. me, you got me. You get, you get to stick around too. Yeah, that that doesn't work.
1: Um, <laughs> So the, yeah, so huge, huge number of new signups combined with, I've seen in the liberal Democrat activist sphere, they seem to be uh, enraged to say the least, and they're deleting their Twitter accounts. And I saw something like Rachel Maddow last night had lost like 40,000 people or something. (laughs) And people were saying, oh, this is just, uh, this is just bots. Like, I don't think so. I think these are real people deleting their accounts in rage. And the other, the other angle of this that I, I was thinking about it, I, you see a lot of of people saying like like I said previously about a, a change in their behavior and they're not moderating things the way they were and there's definitely some of that going on the the moderation teams are uh, let's say let's just say at the very least they're asleep at the wheel probably because they know their jobs are going in the trash and they just don't care and they're not working but the other aspect of this that I realized was with all of these people deleting their accounts there's probably just not the volume of reports going into their little centralized uh, little spy on everyone's system for bad things think
0: bingo yeah i think that's a valid point i mean you know it's like uh during covid we talked about this a few minutes ago we were outside getting, uh, walking and enjoying the evening air and and uh i said you know it's like in covid oh you know if mommy and daddy aren't vaccinated or they're not wearing you know call your you know t- tell your teacher tell somebody about that kind of thing you know granted this is not the old soviet union they didn't drag people off like they did in where else Scandinavia or in uh, australia Are they still all locked down in australia by the way i've ah. seen that Lately.
1: I honestly have not kept up to date on what everybody's crazy situation is. I think it's loosening everywhere, most part.
0: Except except in China.
1: Yeah, China. They're back to uh, they're back to uh, welding apartments shut. Uh, food delivery that includes tapeworms. I saw it was pork with tapeworms. Looked mm. delicious. Mm, delicious. Um, Extra protein. And they're doing like you know multi million population city lockdowns. Yeah, they're they're they've totally lost it. But the uh, but the the thing is, it, it makes sense to me from a just kind of a logical perspective. The person who sees Elon Musk buying Twitter as an existential threat to like their online persona and that rages and deletes their account. Even if I was mad about this and I was an active Twitter person, which I am not, obviously, I would just like not use my account. I would just post a message that like, I don't know, I might use this in the future, whatever. Just stop using it. If, if it. if it upsets you that much, I wouldn't delete it. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe I think you can make the account private or like there's a way to suspend it or something like that. You can probably do that. That I would probably do that if I was that mad about it. These people are straight up just deleting the accounts. So if you're that kind of person, you're probably the. Same same kind of person that would go through the menus to report somebody for saying something that offended your feelings. So now imagine you have like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand of those those sensitive sallies are now disappeared from the platform on their own volition. Where are the reports for all of the oh you said something mean or you said something about COVID that got through the filters or you know what I mean so, oh, yeah. so, so to me it makes perfect sense of what's going on. I just so so actually it's, I kind of kind of feel uh, differently about the situation. It really shows you one. Uh, tw- employees—it just kind of shows you how important, like, the actual employees doing the moderation and that kind of stuff are. But also, it shows you that they actually probably were telling the truth in some degree—that we're not doing censorship, we're not doing all this heavy-handed stuff. It's like, no, your users are. <laughs> you got your, you got your, you got your craziest users to, uh, to do that. And the only reason I know that that they would get a, uh, they would get a feedback loop as well from reporting things because you get an email if your report has been uh, proved or denied. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that propelled a lot of people. People. It's kind of like they got a, they got an upvote on their, their Reddit post or they got a little heart on their Facebook page or something.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, the uh, Paul Truesdale podcast, Two Pauls in a Pod, is brought to you by the Truesdale Companies. Go to truesdale.net and you can see all the companies that we have. And one of those companies is a company called Fixed Cost Financial, where, we'll, very simply, investments are done better. So because of that, we need to get this little disclaimer out of the way, and then we'll talk some more about James Woods, and uh, you'll get a kick out of this
2: This is the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Due to the extensive holdings of our sponsor, Fixed Cost Financial, and your hosts, you should expect that a conflict of interest exists with all companies discussed. And now, two Pauls in a pod. The Paul Truesdell Podcast.
0: I want to do a shout-out to a couple people who have uh, cut, Chatted with us by way of uh, primarily email and some text messages on uh, Facebook, on LinkedIn. And I'm going to run through this real quickly. Anthony, Helen, Mark, Pat, Michelle, Wendy, Peter, two Amys, a Brian, Samantha, Sam, John, and Brandon. Thank you very much for all the comments you sent in. And yeah, we like the format uh, a lot, just like you do. So with that, uh, Paulie, we've got a guy who on uh, Real James Wood said covering their tracks. How do you think he spelled the word there? Oh, no know yeah there wonder if elon can go back and see what algorithms were used and how many bots were manufactured from twitter itself uh, sometimes i just want to scream don't you twitter manufacturing
1: bots so i would say
0: that the chances of that
1: happening are somewhere between zip and zero and the reason i say that is because par- part of their primary factors that they judge the performance of the company on it is a public company after all are the Act, daily active users, monthly active users, signups, etc. So, if you're a manufacturer, if you're if you're internally creating bots, this is a literal Silicon Valley situation, and it's just pure fraud.
0: We have a, a reply to Real James Woods. The guy says, your tweets haven't shown up in my feed in ages. I had to go look for them. Now this one miraculously showed up today. Dot, dot, dot. Coincidence. Maybe. There's there's definitely a possibility that they're doing less Shadow banning, I guess you'd call it. Oh hell, I was shadow um, banned years. I talked about shadow banning when AOL was around. Do you remember that story? Absolutely. Back then it was called hell banning, though. Well, so back in the day, I was Paul at AOL.com. I, I go back a long, long time. In fact, my Twitter account is one of the very. It's it went when Twitter started. What year would that have been? Uh, the first Twitter accounts
1: are were registered in 2006. I think.
0: I think I've got mine in 2006 or seven, something like that. Don't it, it's pretty it shows, old. It shows yeah. on your. It shows on yeah, your profile. I'm not going to pull it. Up anyways, um, yeah, but back in the day you used to have chat rooms on AOL. And I literally wrote the, I know exactly what I wrote. I said the, 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 the we were talking about the economy and the stock market, and I said it's like the roaring gay twenties. And I would use the word gay and I got banned. I got timed out because you couldn't use the word gay. You couldn't use it. Now everybody has to be called gay or you're not. And literally I would I didn't understand what was going on. It took me just a little while. I told everybody online, and this was on a legal forum. It's on a legal forum. So it was and it was this was on everything. And I showed everybody, I said, Hey. You know, hey, where'd you go? I said I got I got kicked off for like 20 minutes, and I let me show you. I'm going to use the word gay. <laughs> Boom, I was gone again for now 40 minutes. So yeah, uh, times have changed. We have another response. It is nope. Let me let me do it. It really is astonishing. Just got back on yesterday, so that kind of verifies what you're talking about. Said one thing uh, had uh, said one thing had over 250 likes prior to leaving for two years. I was lucky if I got one or two likes on a tweet and had over 8,000 followers followers then. Uh, right now I have two. And, you know, it's interesting because I've been talking about this for years. Same thing happened on Facebook. I, I basically dumped on Facebook. Facebook is horrible. That, talk about being, you know, in, in your own little echo chambers and everything else. But yeah, I, I, I gave, up, gave up a long, long time ago. It wasn't political. It's was just you couldn't talk about things. You had to really get a sense of what the flow is. Not that I'm obnoxious or crude or anything. It's just, wow. Well, I do
1: I do think that people fail to realize that they're conflating different things here um you know these are anecdotes and what's funny is his that that specific situation you know again I'm not covering for Twitter like they're obviously doing all of this stuff like whatever it's, it's it's you know it's obvious but like I said they may be reducing some of these practices or or whatever but the key there is okay you had 8 thousand followers that you probably accumulated over five six years maybe how many of those accounts were active actively using Twitter are yeah. interested in your content anymore or whatever. Passing versus, friends in a night, just versus, like a ship. Yeah, versus somebody who registers somehow gets two thousand follows in a day. So you you have another platform that you've ginned people up to go follow, likely new accounts as well. And they're all actively using Twitter again for the first time in a while, potentially. Wee wee. And now they're interacting with your stuff and they're and because they're interacting with it, those things are showing up on your feed, you know, because the algorithm is now learning um, what you like again and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's hard to judge that those those two things one has nothing to do with the other because the data is just crap to compare
0: bingo one of the things i just wish and this is another one tommy is responding to james real james woods i, I would just wish a lot of people and we've got a guy down in tampa who sometimes responds uh i'm not going to use his name who just says some of the dumbest things on the face of the earth and he knows better but like here's one and, and we can cover this a little bit my mother used to say you know paul sometimes it's best to keep your mouth shut and let everybody think you're stupid rather than open your mouth and remove all doubt you know my mom used to talk about, you know, little idioms like that and little sayings. And, sure. uh, you know, I, I, frankly, I don't think parents do that anymore. Oh, and by the way, one thing that is true sticks and stones will break your bones. There's no doubt about that. But words will not harm you. I know oh, they will, they'll harm oh. your mental health. Oh. Poor me. I mean, the problem with this as an argument is that he doesn't own it yet and won't own it until the end of the year. Exactly the same people are running Twitter now as were a few days ago. Yeah, Tommy... See, there's a thing that, that literally exists in every company when it comes to technology, and we'll just use that big red button. You can actually push the button and you can freeze things because you can have technology continue to flow. But yeah, you can make some changes with just a handful of people and stop the production line. You may never have worked on a production line where the authority to stop the line rests with everybody on the line. You want to follow up with that a little bit?
1: Yeah, there's nobody stopped anything there. There's likely lower employee productivity. And there's likely, and and there is a freeze on software changes going forward to protect the integrity of the product that they're selling. Um, And that
0: happens in every business when this you're getting a buy.
1: But is there any major changes happening? I I would argue no, because again, that risks shareholder lawsuits, or uh, the opposite lawsuits against management by the. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be shareholder, but also from the perspective buyer, it could be could be the same shareholders could get mad at the, you know, let's just assume, you know, they do something dramatic and they totally screw up the platform or they erase or delete something that's very important and key to running Twitter or something like that. Right. And now the company's worthless or has lost value. Well, Elon can then sue them for failing to comply with their contract that they've signed. That the board has agreed, you know, has signed, um, then shareholders can then sue the board for not complying with, you know, basically loss of value and everything. Like there's, there's a multiple angles and it would just be a mess that nobody, wants to get into. So yeah, I mean, th- these things are put in place for a reason by management and the board because this is a spot in which you do not make mistakes. If you do, everybody starts getting hurt and like you said the other day, you know, these people can start getting sued personally. Oh yeah. Beyond, you know, they can penetrate their, their liability coverage because, you know, they're acting like lunatics.
0: Yeah, well, so the problem is with this, this bio is that for the board not to accept it and to move forward, that was, that was malfeasance. You have malfeasance and misfeasance. So malfeasance is when you act we do something that you shouldn't do, misfeasances, you didn't do something you should have, do, should have done. So it's just a technical difference. But the point being is that, you know... They had no choice. In addition to which, you know that Musk, if I was advising him as one of the financial advisors, Goldman Sachs, I would have said, here's what you need to do, buddy boy. You need to set aside, I don't know, maybe $100 million to pay off lawyers and all the class actions because people are going to sue because the dog food's different than it was before. Literally, everybody's going to come out of the woodwork suing. Shareholder this, shareholder that. There's a guy by the name of Michael who wrote, hard to imagine the effect of this level of suppression on the 2020 election. You know- I, I, I don't want to be a Trump bumper. That's we're not that. Believe me, if you heard our conversations offline, you'd go, you'd realize that. But you know, we, we did talk about this in 2016. We were like, my God, the, the, the frenzy that was worked up on him on Twitter was, of course, he was his own major porn tutor. But
1: in, until the end of uh, the election, until the election was over, I mean, there wasn't anything significant that I'm aware of that changed, you know, they but, were.
0: But wait a minute. I thought the Russian bots got him elected.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean the, 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 Russian bots were real, you know, it's not a joke. Um, you know, the conservative media did a really good job of making fun of it and, and, and haha. But if you've been on the internet, especially in circles that follow the war in the past 60 days, uh, you're, you would probably be the dullest man on the planet if you did not, or woman or what, or, you know, insert question mark there, whatever, whatever you may be the it from you, Pluto or Uranus. You would be, you would be the dullest it on the planet. If you did not realize, you did not see or observe, let's say, all of the spam and the copy paste or very poorly done uh, repeats of of narratives, like the 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 massive Russian disinformation farms out there are definitely real. No, and and, yeah, but my point is, is that did they have enough of an influence on the election? No, because you know, in the United States, every 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 person, whether you whether you're a CEO of a company or you you go to work at a you know an arc facility for the mentally handicapped can display their opinion about an election i mean there's just no rules like even people who can't vote can campaign for people like there's there's no rules about any of that like we have as far as i'm aware some of the freest and open open elections on the entire planet and you know yeah th- there are a lot i mean we can go back to multiple elections in the past that have had massive amounts of you know, so, quote-unquote foreign influence or people from their countries you know doing uh you know musicians and things like that that doing rallies for for candidates and all kinds of stuff that if you if you were to follow the black letter you know you're influencing from another country and that sort of stuff yeah it's been going on forever like there was not a significant change that would have influenced that many minds i don't think on the other hand if you look at a long-term concerted political and narrative influence campaign that could potentially go back 10 or 15 years then the answer is yes but so far nobody's been willing to talk about such a deep uh kind of manchurian candidate-style subversion on U.S. political narratives. And, and I contend that that there is that to be found if you had the fortitude to dig and dig and dig and connect all the dots.
0: Bingo. I would say that the comment and what we just talked about is just red meat or the uh, never die Trump supporter who will, you know, and I, I, I would suspect... Yeah, I, d-
1: I didn't say it was him. I mean... No, no, I'm, I'm saying... I'm implying that it's him, but I didn't, I didn't say it was him. <laughs> what I'm saying...
0: <laughs> What I'm saying though is that yeah, how long? Okay, we ought to take a bet. We ought to take a bet. Uh, I'll bet you a hot fudge Sunday that uh, he will in the next two or three rallies that he does. Are people still showing up to those things? Not 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 not, not so them, many. But
1: they're not as well attended as they were. They're pretty lackluster compared be, compared to what they were. They would still beat out a uh, most Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden rallies.
0: Well, nobody's ever gonna uh, no that that I, no, I can't say never, but uh, it's gonna be tough to beat those rallies. That was that oh, was a sure amazing we went actually because we wanted to see what one was like we went to one of the very first ones in Jacksonville Florida remember that and that was like holy cow they came out of the wood and he was brand new at this thing
1: yeah it was brand new and I think at that rally he threatened to assault somebody so it was memorable for that reason
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah I think it's read me I'll, I'll bet you how to fudge Sunday that he'll, he'll bring up that I would have won the election if I just had had my Twitter and they, they, they did all that well, I, he, he had a,
1: he had his Twitter account yeah he did the entire time Time. They, they, at the end of, at the near the end of it, he would say ridiculous things. And, 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 and I honestly think that he, he was like, <laughs> who's baiting people to delete his tweets because that got more coverage that his tweets got deleted than anything he was saying. At the the time.
0: man, the man knows how to get uh, attention. There's no doubt about it. Oh yeah. Terrence says, starting today, I suddenly saw tweets from a lot of people I'd never seen before. It's almost like someone turned off the shadow ban. people. We don't agree with button before the new boss finds out um, about it. I don't know, man. It's just um,
1: again got- um, on Twitter. For the most part, you really only see tweets from the people you follow and people, that they follow. So it's not like Facebook where they, you know, they, they filter you into interest and cohort groups and they really, they really, uh, keep you in a bubble of, I guess an echo chamber is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but it seems like it's, this is purely a cause and effect of their algorithms and an influx of new people and a lot of
0: engagement. Let me run these two real quickly with you and uh, I'll run them together. I didn't see your tweet for several months and yesterday suddenly, uh, we're there again. Thumbs up. Next, uh, has the new management had any time to modify the internal process at Twitter yet? Question mark. Or this is a guy who actually can think. Or is this an effect of people like myself that have returned to the platform to show support uh, for the dream of a free Twitter? The latter. There's
1: no new management.
0: Next, I've got a video from uh, the Daily Caller. <laughs> And they got this guy, he is just, he is crying a, a river, crying a river, a river. And it said, um, it, it just, if you own all of Twitter, you could secretly ban one's party candidate. Wow, we finally get it. Incredible. And it's all about how he is now going to sway the election because he bought, next election because he bought Twitter. And, and I, I, you got to watch this thing. It's, it's uh, again, it's on Daily Caller. And I literally, I don't know if you heard me laughing in here. It just... Uh, to and he's in front of the uh, reflecting uh, pool there between of course. yeah it's like of
1: course. <laughs> so, I mean but, but the thing I the thing I get frustrated at is like yeah people are dumb yeah people make dumb observations that are um, let's say uh, projection and even funnier it's just typical red meat for these news organizations to show the craziest you know to do the uh, uh, one of one of the most disliked people on television to do the, the Jesse Waters routine you do the man on on the street but you only show the absolute dumbest curmudgeon-y, mentally challenged person that you can find
0: yeah I love Jesse waters I, I'm sorry I, I, he, I uh, he, or, or Mark, it's Mark dice the other one is Mark dice does he's, it.
1: he's funny I mean he was I, I all of these people have worn out their welcome in my oh opinion. I understand they've, that they've all just started hawking like political stuff
0: it was funny well, Wes, th- you th- just th- said Jesse waters I was talking about Mark dice I, I got a kick I, I watched a couple of these things a few uh days ago from years ago and it was like it was hilarious Like, who is Joe Biden? You know, like, I think he's a senator, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: I think those are interesting from a uh, kind of, I don't know, what is it, a public survey or a public psyche kind of perspective, but usually... (laughs) I, I don't know what, the, what what Mark Dice is up to these days, but uh, I, you know, as far as I knew, he was a big Trump person and was, you know, irate and angry about everything. And then...
0: Um, One of those, yeah, 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 and yeah. And then Jesse
1: Waters is, as far as I know, he's just kind of a scumbag personally. He's like a philanderer and just an, just like all his co-workers think he's an asshole Ooh, as far as I I know. didn't know that. Yeah, he's, he's not a nice guy. He kind but, of
0: worked himself in to see he was just like a, you know, kind of what a Twitter guy or a fake YouTube guy and got... Nah. He got a job, and then he, he got he, Bill
1: O'Reilly, and one thing led to another. I think he worked for Greg Gutfeld, and he was doing is that. The, how he did the Night show that he had. I don't know. I mean, like all, the their internet. Per- I mean, they're
0: TV personalities. Like, how 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 good of a pe- how good of a person can these people actually be? Hey, all I know is I have not had Fox on in or CNN. I don't put any of them on. I haven't turned on news for CBS, NBC, or ABC. I haven't turned on uh, Fox Business. Uh, I do have Bloomberg on occasionally, but that's just to it's silent i just watched the graphs periodically on the big screen um of course there's no reason for it because we have all the terminals but i don't know man i just i don't know what's going on over there i didn't know he was uh, i knew they had some problems but god it's been years I, since yeah, i mean, watched I anything
1: i don't even know what their schedule looks like i i don't pay attention to any mainstream news anymore it's just Is greta still it's, it's on garbage no, I think she was let go like in the middle of the 2016 election or something.
0: Yeah, in 2004, um, my wife and I had an opportunity to spend some time with Greta Van Susteren, and you got a phone call from her, didn't you?
1: Yes, I never would remember that. I totally forgot about
0: that. <laughs> so we're sitting, we're sitting there, and I and I, I said, hey, I said, do me a favor. I said, uh, my son uh, watches Fox. He's a little guy, and blah blah blah, and he's he, he's home in Florida, and I need to call him and to make sure he's doing his homework. You want to talk to him? And remember she got on the phone. She said, I said, hey, Paul. I said, I got somebody else to talk to you. It's Greta Van Susskind from Fox. And she got on the phone and had a conversation with you. She handed the phone back to me. This is days of BlackBerry, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, and she yeah. said, oh, he's really smart. <laughs>
1: I have, I have very, I have no recollection of the conversation. I just remember it, was, it's, it happened at an age when you remember things happen, but you don't really remember the details. Oh
0: God, I do. That was a hoot. So what I did also today is I went in and I typed some very provocative things about COVID and, and vaccine and and, uh, and the effectiveness of the vaccine and all this kind of stuff just to see if this stuff would pop up because yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, I have Bingo. Um, I do these things every once in a while to see what the flavor is. And I had a couple things that popped up I thought was interesting this lady said censorship is the only weapon left for governments whose policies don't hold up under scrutiny I thought that was pretty cool and then this other lady said I have witnessed as an ER nurse these last two years that uh, uh, this is the vaccine has undoubtedly caused more damage illness and death the actual virus ever has Uh, the evidence just keeps growing there's absolutely no denying it but these are these are things I absolutely know just a few months ago would never have been on anymore gone
1: No. And, and I, I, I attribute that to the what's called the flagger army of, of people out there who are probably quitting because they think that, you know, the, there's no there's no longer going to be moderation on Twitter, which, of course, is going to be funny because we all know that there's going to be moderation. Like you're you're deluded if you think that they're not going to have some amount of moderation. And obviously, the employees that are there, are, like I said before, they're probably not doing their jobs very well right now. Yeah, there's and going forward, there's going to be a whiplash and then people are going to get mad at Elon because oh he's censoring oh it's it's, it's he's censoring worse. the censors well no he's <laughs> censoring because the censors didn't do their jobs right, and, right. you know it's just it, this is just this is this is all so predictable I, in my view
0: i got a kick out of uh he he tweeted back on the uh 23rd uh shadow ban council reviewing reviewing uh tweet and it's six like gray monks can't mm, see faces it's sure, very yeah. yeah so he threw that up i thought it was cute
1: my favorite was the uh, bill gates one <laughs>
0: Bill Gates, an interesting cat. So what do you say we uh, make a little transition here? Uh, let's wrap this up with a few more minutes and then we'll get out of here. I've got to uh, get out of town. Uh, the, the Russians, let's talk a little bit about Russia. What we do know is that um, we have a couple of nations or states or whatever we want to call them, Mold- Moldovia?
1: Moldova.
0: Moldova, Moldova. Sound, sounds like a body part, Moldova. Anyways, um, they've got an interesting situation and let's talk a little bit, you're better at this than I am, uh, we've got about 3,000 Russians for some reasons pretending to be peacekeepers or whatever they are there and um, somebody decided to um, tell them well uh, let's light them up a little bit how did that happen
1: well yeah let, let's give the backstory because i don't think this is an area of the world that is you know if you're in the united states is it's as if we're talking about california from the east coast or new york from the west coast it's not that far away in europe like everybody knows where moldova is but americans you know, you, you can look at the studies. They can't find Iran or, or any major country on a map. They, you know, if, if 20% of the population could find Moldova on a map, I would be shocked. Um, shocked, I say. So, you know, this is, point is is that Europe is a big place, but it is just as big as the United States, and um, most people don't know a lot about it. Most people just kind of know the main the major continental powers, and that's it. So, we'll review it real quick, just because most people, quite honestly, were probably never even told about the existence of Moldova, even in school. So. So Moldova is a country in Europe. Obviously, it is not a member of NATO. I believe I don't. Is it part of EU? I don't remember. Um, they historically, as far as I'm aware, are part of Romania. They're of this of a similar ethnic group, and they have a lot of uh, familial relations and whatnot. Uh, it's it's effectively the same country. Um, my understanding of the situation, Moldova, Moldova's independent existence comes up basically at uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Um, My view on it from the little bit that I've read is that it's uh, effectively a way to kind of splinter uh, European states as much as possible as they knew things were going to tumble.
0: They're not part of the EU, but they are part of the European Investment Bank. They have this thing called a European Union Association Agreement, and it's basically a, a deep comprehensive free trade agreement. So that's what's going on there.
1: Okay, so they're on the edge. And I know they've applied to be part of NATO, and they've applied to be part of of the EU. Will they be accepted into NATO? Probably not because they don't really have a military. Um, if whatever they have is quite small, um, you know, they don't really have any domestic resources. It's mostly an agrarian slash technology country. They, I don't know that they even manufacture, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a professional, it's a services country. Let's call it. Anyways, they have a, they have a region, um, that is on the, uh, their Eastern border. It's a zigzag sliver that basically covers between it and and Ukraine uh, nobody recognizes this fr- this breakaway region as anything other than an internal dispute but uh, this area is called Transnistria
0: transnistria that's where they trans-nistria. have transnistria Transnistria that's where the they have um, uh, bloodsuckers right people no. vampires no. That's, oh
1: that's that's uh Transylvania and oh. that's up in Romania
0: oh gosh I keep getting these things confused
1: so yeah so Transnistria is this weird breakaway region they had a separatist movement Some time around the collapse of the Soviet Unions and then early '90s, and the Russians let's you know w- let's all do air quotes together did a peacekeeping mission against their own rebels that they probably also funded to create a mess. And anyways, this is a let's say it's a unrecognized independent autonomous zone and whatever. The Russians have something about something around three thousand. I've, I've seen numbers up to eight thousand, but I don't I don't think. It's that high, I think it's somewhere around three. Um, as far as I know, the Russians run this thing. But what's funny is if you look at Transnistria, uh, I saw a funny article, and the headline was Transnistria, the place where communism never died. But look at their flag; still got the uh, hammer and sickle and the star.
0: And um, the and the co official flag is Russian flag. Well,
1: yeah, their their uh, their entire economy lives on the Russian, uh, you know, handouts, basically.
0: Yeah, and they have this thing called a coat of arms, and it has the hammer and sickle on it, and all that. <laughs> Kind of yeah, it's, stuff, it's, so, it's yeah. they're
1: su- super super communist and anyways something in the past it's been a it's been a, a, a chess piece on the board in this entire conflict since day one because it was the soldiers that were there um, were supposed to effectively assault the western flank of Odessa during the very quick very successful invasion on the 24th of February uh, the Russians were bogged down and never managed to get there so these guys just sat in their base. We're never mobilized to go do anything. Um,
0: They have two helicopters. Oh,
1: congratulations! Um, So, yeah, it's 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 interesting. The Russians, as far as I'm aware, can't supply them from the sea because it's Ukraine and Romania there. It's they can't supply them from the air, so they're basically kind of stuck, as far as I'm aware. Um, And, anyways, there's been some discussions about what is going to happen with this area and these people. Uh, You've had some provocations going back and forth. This region. Um, let's see, there was a an attack on there was like a grenade attack a couple days ago, and then a couple days later you had two guys shoot some shoulder fired uh anti-tank weapons at the administrative the Russian administrative building in the capital, and then somebody bombed or sabotaged, I don't know which the two giant uh AM transmitting towers in Transnistria, from what I read. Could be could be could be BS. I didn't see a sword on it or anything, but claim was that they were two of the largest AM transmitting uh, transmitter antennas in Europe, which would make sense. It's Russian propaganda zone. Um... Yeah, so it's it's there's been some back and forth, and I the Russians have made some weird double negative statements about about transnistria about how they wish to not get involved in it, but they will if they have to. Just weird stuff. I don't really know what the deal is. It seems like it's a threat to try and distract resources in Ukraine. Um, one of the one of Zelensky, this is the uh, leader of Ukraine. His one of his special advisors stated that they have more than enough reserve troops in that. Area of the country to go in and just mop up the Russian troops if that's what, uh, if that's
0: what Moldova wants. But fortunately, Moldova's got a strong political leader who said, Yes, let's clean up and get independent.
1: No, no, they want to solve it politically and peacefully and without military. So
0: I. Oh, and by the way, it's they,
1: weird. Th- I, I, you know, it, it. this seems like the perfect opportunity to just clean that trash up. But my guess is that Moldova is afraid of uh, insurrection and kind of a domestic conflict that would ensue. And the current situation keeps those morons trapped.
0: And, and just so Moldova you know, there's area. a little tiny strip of land that goes and touches into a bay. And the bay then opens out into the Black Sea. And there's a road, kind of like if you think about the Panhandle. You know, you got you know I-10 and all that got a little tiny spit there like let's say you go to Destin okay when you know you have to go across the bridge there to get to Destin sure um you um but the problem is it's all swamp it is you can't there's no deep water port there so the Russians could be if they wanted to su- support their people they, they're going to have to use you know i don't know hydrofoil type planes or something that get or watercraft not going to happen but we started off by talking about they had a little pr- a ruckus. somebody did some bad things there yeah yeah i mentioned that they
1: shot some they shot some uh shoulder fired rockets into the administrative building and a couple days before that i think somebody rolled some grenades around and they blew up the radio towers
0: and and that's happening more than just a few places that's why i wanted to make sure that we understood this is actually happening more and more in russia itself
1: yeah so in russia there's they've got a problem um russia obviously has has lied about their technological sophistication on a number of fronts um a good example i mean i'll just run through a couple things before i get into the to the uh issues um somebody opened there was a crashed ka-52 helicopter and look it up on wikipedia it's one of russia's advanced attack helicopters they look at the chips inside that you know the uh, the electronics control boxes and there's a dead mouse inside that whose whose fur is singed from the actual blowing up of the attack or of the helicopter um somebody got enough of enough of the remains of a oh i can't remember what missile it was but it's it's a newly developed missile so I I think it's post 2010 uh, one of their super advanced you know cruise missiles and they look at the inside and there's chips and circuitry inside this thing that are literal soviet era designs now it's not to say that like you know you don't if, if, if it ain't broke don't 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 fix it but if this is newly developed um missile technology why do you have 50 and 60 year old designs and the, and, and not only that components inside these missiles it makes no sense it's because you're, you're bluffing. This is, this is a bluff. Another good example was, uh, Russian radio equipment. Obviously we talked about this previously, but there was, uh, some newer Russian radio equipment that I believe it was, I don't know what kind it was, but it was some type of vehicle or like box mounted equipment that would be in an outpost or in a vehicle It requires a lot of power. And it's a, you know, it's a big box, you know, you're not carrying it around. And somebody opened it up and looked and was like, Oh, it's full of American and chips and there's Harris uh, antennas and all of this stuff. So you know their best radio equipment is stuff that's literally made in the United States. So they don't have this amazing advanced air defense capability that everybody thinks they do. It's good, no, no question. It's good. And for the people that they expected to fight, sure, it's, it was sufficient.
0: It's better than Uganda, than Nigeria, Brazil, Argentina, maybe, 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 maybe those places. But you know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? It's just, yeah, it's not, it's not up to snuff. if if you're going to fight NATO, which is who they've supposedly been preparing to fight since the fifties. Right. Uh, but no, they, they bluff. The Russians have always done this. They'll roll out a thousand T-72s and then they'll show one of their fancy things and say, see, we're, we're upgrading, we're advancing. Like they're no, not. So anyways, uh, because of this, this lack of, uh, air defense capability. And and the reason I mention all this is because, you know, if you've followed the Russian military propaganda for years, like I have, and in a of this stuff I thought was real. Turns out it's, again, mostly a smokescreen. Um, you know, they have this new S-400 missile system, and it's it's magic. It's supposed to be able to detect stealth aircraft and all this stuff. Well, the problem is, is if you look at where they're deployed in Russia, you can look at the range for where, for the, you know, the, the distance for which they can identify and engage a target. They should be safe from Ukraine almost entirely. Now, granted, air defense equipment really relies on a lot of factors, the different types of antennas, placement, the geography, and the and the topography of the ground and all that stuff definitely comes into play. But if you're Russia, you can place this stuff in the most optimal locations possible, you would think, right? You'd think. <laughs> I mean, they have anywhere. To, it's not like a war zone where it's like, oh, the best place to protect this certain area is right here. They can go put it on a mountaintop if they wanted to, and they can see everything in theory, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, it doesn't seem to be doing a very good job. So uh, in the past couple of weeks, you've had um, what we now know is drone strikes from Ukraine on Russian military bases, oil depots, arms, uh, ammunition dumps, and... and, and, and The things
0: you would think would be protected a little bit higher than uh, the Boy
1: Scout troop? Things a couple hundred miles into the country, I wouldn't really expect to be protected too much, mainly just because they're not looking at it. But for the things that are within 100 to 200 kilometers of the Ukrainian border and that are major supply and strategic hubs for the Russian military during this ongoing campaign, I would say say that those should be watched with a very careful eye, maybe even two sets of eyes just in case. But apparently they don't have the capabilities or are caught sleeping or drinking on the job, which to be honest, either one of those is possible with the stuff we've seen so far. So yeah, you've seen a whole bunch of stuff. You've seen some strikes in Belgrade. You've seen a couple other places. You've seen some internal sabotage by what is probably Ukrainian special operations or saboteurs inside Russia that are helping uh, Ukrainians on railroads and things like this. As far as I know, there's been like a bridge, a uh, significant bridge uh, sabotage. There was a rail line that was sabotaged and it was it was done in just the most perfect spot. It was done right in an area in the cliff where if the line gets severed or the, the rail lines get severed, then you would slide down the hill. And anyways, um, there's a whole bunch of things like this. Uh, and, but so that's not, the, that's not all of it, though. The thing that gets more interesting is the mysterious fires.
0: Yes, they have had an interesting number of um, spontaneous combustions, like human beings.
1: Yes, quite a few. I think last week they had three or four significant ones. One was a, um,
0: they need to hire me. We, they, they, Hey, listen, Putin, hire me, because I would sit back and I could do like Baghdad Bob. Yes, these were people who broke out spontaneously, a spontaneous combustion, and we feel sad for the families. Don't worry about what burned up here. We're going to take care of it. it would, that's how you got distracted spontaneous Absolutely. human combustion
1: yeah so you had a some type of um, some type of technical research facility for their aerospace industry uh, I don't know if it was defense or civilian it's probably both in outside of Moscow I think you had the largest solvent plant in the country catch on fire you had a pork I think a pig pork processing facility that caught on fire and was destroyed you had another missile design and research search facility that caught on fire. And all, all these fires that I'm mentioning, they are really successful fires. They, From everything I've seen, have been total engulfments of the buildings. Um, which kind of leads me to question Russian... I mean, it could just be a really good sabotage, granted, but like, do you guys install fire suppression systems in important strategic facilities like we do? I don't know. Um, anyways, I, and obviously the Ukrainians do too because I saw one of the early videos I saw during the war was a... Uh, I think it was like a large warehouse or something like this and you know it had been bombed or something and you could hear the fire suppression system and the alarm going off and I was laughing because I was like you know you don't think of these things being that useful until this and it's like this isn't a war setting and these things are going off and I was thinking about all the you know how much effort and time it takes to actually install those things and then you know you just your mind wanders about all the you know just wasted effort involved in all this stuff but it was funny to me because you know for all intents and purposes a useless warehouse has a fire suppression system and and whatever but apparently these russian advanced research institutes don't or they were sabotaged so well that they were turned off in any case um there were a couple other things i think i I don't really know what they were but yeah i mean over the past two weeks there's been like five or six significant fires at you know what i would consider very strategic uh facilities for the russians whether it's r&d or it's uh or it's other things we
0: were talking about the fact that the uh there's a lot of good evidence now that the uh, Ukrainians are firing some interesting uh, missiles, some rockets, and I want you to talk about that, but I want to give everybody a little bit of an idea. If I'm in Mexico on the border with Texas and I fire one of the rockets he's going to talk about in just a minute and uh, I can take it and run it, let's say, 276 miles, you could strike Fort Hood, and Fort Hood has a little bit of our, uh, a few of our uh, our uh, tanks there, and uh, Fort Hood's a pretty important thing, north of Austin, north of San Antonio. It's, uh, it's just between uh, basically San Antonio and Dallas, very, very important. So everybody says you want to get rid of De- Texas out of the Union, just uh, just remember Fort Hood has enough um, military might to do a little bit of damage. If you were in uh, Juarez and you wanted to fire a rocket into, uh, let's see, where do we want to fire a rocket into? We want to fire a rocket into Mexico. Let's say we want to go into Santa Fe, 230 miles. So when, we, when you say things like, uh, they're firing rockets a couple hundred miles into Russia, kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Uh, Not a lot of uh, protection there. You kind of got, that's pretty close. So
1: yeah, some of it was done by cruise missile. Some of it was done by drone and some of it has been done by sabotage. Um, So Curly Moe
0: and Jerry, uh, Curly Moe and Larry, they're all, they're all, they're all three stooges are all having fun. So
1: yeah. and, and, And we've delivered a couple, we've been delivering lots and lots of stuff. One thing that's been consistent over the past, you know, now two months is that Ukraine requests something or whatever and then everybody kind of stalls and kind of drags their feet on it um a lot of people take that as oh they're not getting the support they need or they want or whatever and then ukraine makes a little bit more of a hissy fit and then they magically get it that's not really what's happening people seem to be falling for the uh charlie brown lucy routine with this with this pr uh stage play i guess you would call it because it's a good
0: example because the reality
1: is in order we can send them anything um we have tons and tons of stuff you know you know, I've, we talked about this previously that, uh, you know, the Russian defense industry manufactures something like, you know, f- for round numbers, like $35 billion worth of actual physical equipment per year. The U.S. defense industry, when you include physical stuff, the Defense Depart- United States Defense Department manufactures and then everything that we sell to other countries, we manufacture literally 10 times that much per year. So somewhere between 350 and $400 billion worth of equipment equipment bullets weapons systems missiles airplanes helicopters per year and it's just a, it, it just makes russia a joke which is why if you look at their pr they threaten nukes about every five minutes they're threatening to nuke everybody all the time they're like i said i mean going back to one of the first times we talked about this you know they are going to be north korea with a gas station and that's not really a joke anymore they seem to be using nuke threats more than kim jong-il did and so anyways yeah we, we but the point is is that we we will act like we're stupid and don't know what's going on or we're, he, we're hesitant to give these systems to them but we're like literally loading them on planes and trains the moment they ask for them or quickly thereafter but logistics take a while so you know the reality is we don't want anybody to know that we're doing anything until it's already there and it's delivered and people are trained on how to use the systems
0: yeah by the time um, you know about it things are long long down the road and typically in the
1: field so a good example of this was we gave them some of the uh, uh we have a um, multiple launch rocket system called the HIMARS and basically it's a large caliber uh, MLRS multiple launch rocket system and I think it has a range of like three to five hundred kilometers depending on what missiles you put in it and it's a really sophisticated system it's quite nice because it gets basically the ability to help somebody with pretty heavy caliber rockets off of a mobile vehicle yeah a mobile platform from a very long distance away
0: And, And and mobile platforms are important because when you launch something the other side if they have sophisticated equipment are zeroing in on it Absolutely. it could be artillery that is in the area that can then you know if you are able to get on the radio what the russians can't do everything is now basically by phone and and courier pigeon i shit you not folks it really is but you know somebody really quick boom 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 start getting in there so by the time you launch it you're booking out of there these things are not cheap yeah the
1: the, the thing with artillery is interesting you have to but i think today i mean like 70 percent of battle casualties are, are still due to artillery and it's getting it's going to be higher in this context conflict than, than many in the past, primarily because, one, this is a huge conventional war, and two, Ukraine has some of the best artillery operators in the world. They've been fighting Russians for eight years in a fairly static situation that kind of resembles the Donbass in the prior eight years, kind of resembles World War One, I, and, and just you, a lot less intensity.
0: And, and you, we were talking about the Russian soldier that somehow or another got all his information out, verified, talking about uh, these Ukrainians must have everything cited. In how horrible it is is like you can't go take a Russian poo without having a rocket coming up your kazoo.
1: Yeah, it, there's been some really interesting. Um, or a
0: Ukrainian rocket up the kazoo. <laughs> yeah, there's been some
1: really interesting stories. I mean, and it goes both ways. I mean, you know, the Ukrainians are also taking casualties from the same stuff because you know the reality is the Russians are starting to kind of figure out what's going on. The problem is, is they're not figuring out fast enough, and the and the Ukrainians are rapidly you know evolving their battle plans faster than the Russians can get everybody on board with. Them plan. But, but the point is, is that artillery kills a lot of people and it's a very effective weapon because you can sit, you know, at least with American artillery, you know, 20 kilometers from a battlefield and you can hurl shells at people. And since the fifties, we've designed and built these these things called counter battery art or uh, counter battery radar. And basically it's a radar system for artillery. And what it enables you to do is to basically put a weird kind of radar system. They're typically pretty small and you can detect when somebody's Firing artillery. So then, before that artillery even lands, the counter battery radar has a big old giant computer in there that then is calc- It when it detects artillery, it tracks it, it then detects or uh, calculates where exactly the launch site was and then it then gives you the location of where that is for you to then fire back immediately where the artillery is um so you can take those guys out now in Iraq and Afghanistan they were very popular because one thing that your uh, resistance movements and things did was they fi- they would fire uh kind of man portable artillery systems into bases like the green zone and things like that and I recall you know hearing I don't know if it was a guy I know or if it was was a video or something but regardless doesn't really matter somebody who's been in the theater and they talked about how quickly those artillery guys would they'd be at the base and they'd they'd see this stuff come in and by the time the stuff was hitting on the ground they were firing they had already fired back at the guys and they'd go out and recon the area and yeah there'd be a couple dead guys and a couple pieces of artillery that fired in so you know it's a very effective piece of technology now it has the same downsides that every piece of electronics has which is it's an art- it's it's a it's radar it puts out a lot. Of uh it puts out its own its own electricity and its own waves, and own fingerprint, yeah, and then that in and of itself can be detected, right? So it has its own, you know, it's not something you turn on, and leave on all the time unless you're, you know, the green zone in Afghanistan or or Iraq or something. But point is, you know, there's a there's a lot more like cat and mouse game that goes on. So point is, is that uh you have really two types of artillery: of the MLRS multiple launch rocket system, which is technically artillery, but it's weird. It's it's I guess it technically is and isn't at the same time, but. And anyways those are those trucks you see with like a whole bunch of tubes on the back mm-hmm. and they're basically just filled with a bunch of rockets and they work like artillery some of them are advanced some of them are dumber doesn't really matter um versus your regular pieces of artillery which are basically a giant frag grenade with some explosive to propel it out of a giant tube and those again have you know more advanced shells you know some more advanced than others we have some gps guided we have rocket assisted artillery we have all kinds of crazy stuff but to keep it simple so the point is is that you have regular artillery it can fire those things you know depending on the system five to seven shells a minute and that's with everybody moving in concert and it requires a lot of people multiple on rocket systems are super handy because you can launch them drive away <laughs> whereas your artillery systems it takes a couple minutes to set them up you can only launch so many in a minute so if you need a certain amount of shells to go down range in a certain period of time before you need to shoot and scoot you need x number of pieces of artillery and then you need all these people versus maybe two trucks driving around can go launch like 20 30 rockets in one direction drive off and by the time anybody detects anything you're long gone and they're shelling an empty field or something so there's a lot of reasons for these things you know there's a phrase in military planning they call it the rock paper scissors of war. There's no one magic tool that solves everything. There's always there's always downsides and there's things that counteract it. And there's reasons that you choose the different tools, which is why, you know, the, in the grand scheme of things, the U.S. military is so powerful because we spend so much dang money on it.
0: I can address that. One of the things I want to share with you uh, is that I, I preach about this all the time. It's called variable change. We've talked about it with our views on COVID. We've talked about it with our views on Trump, with our views on Biden, with our views on Military defense. We still have people who are, you know, hung up on uh, Ukraine is all a bunch of Nazis and this and that. And or, or,
1: or they're doing stuff like, oh, they're all criminals. It's a cesspit and, you know, Biden's laundering his money there or something. Yeah. Like, sure, some of that stuff's going on, but it's going on in every country. That's not indicative of the whole country.
0: And things like, for example, you know, I, I say this all the time you got to den- you got to dig 10 deep, folks. It's who, what, where, when, why, and how. You got to ask a question and then you, you, we should be asking at least ten additional questions. You got to dig deep. And all this meme-based politics just really infuriates me. I'll give you a good example. Uh, recently, I heard somebody say, "Oh, but Putin's got the support of uh, the uh, the Orthodox Church. The Christian Church is all in support of them." I can't pronounce the jackass's name, but when the Soviet Union fell apart and all of their records, basically, it was a rummage sale, and everybody was running around. Jesus, Bob, what did we find
1: out? Yeah. The the guy who's the current patriot, Krill or Kirill or something like that. He's a KGB agent. So the head. Not just, not just an informant to the KGB, an actual, like it's an actual agent, meaning he worked with them for a long period of time.
0: And, and nobody wants to talk about Putin. The fact that when he was a kid, he was a, he was a mobster. He was a gangster. He was, he was, he was a, he was, a, he was scumbag. He, he ran with a rough crowd. His parents, he literally just kept working his way through it, Oh, surprise, surprise. You got all the various, you know, different types of mobs that are in, involved in then come on. He
1: joins the biggest one around.
0: Back uh, when I was a little guy, uh, there was a president of the United States, a fellow by the name of Dwight Eisenhower, and he is the one that created something then called the Advanced Research Projects Agency, which then morphed into the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. A lot of you may have heard of the thing DARPA. And so it is a big deal. Uh, The budget is nowhere near as big as I thought it would be. It's about $3.5 billion in 2019. And DARPA has done done a lot of stuff and so I say this to any of you who are familiar with law enforcement a lot of your urban areas where they have a lot of shootings what they have a thing where they can detect gunshots and they can kind of triangulate yeah,
1: things shot system
0: yep where do you think that came from that came from the research and DARPA that comes from the research on artillery shells now it slowly oh, yeah. starts to make its way down and so when you people out there on the left and the right scream and holler about oh I can't believe there is a lot of things that come from well bad events one thing leads to another and somebody goes oh we can turn this into a positive yeah
1: yeah. A, i think the uh, scatter shot system works off of sound though oh no so it I, does so i think they put all these different like microphone arrays all over the city and then they're able to triangulate roughly like where the shots are coming from based on sound but it's a similar concept you know it, it's just it's triangulation of, it's
0: triangulation
1: of uh of sound i mean because bullets and guns like you know echoes and all that sort of of stuff, you know, it makes sense why you'd want to do that.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're going to get out of here. I want to thank all of you who joined me at the uh, University Club, Center Club, and at Love's Restaurant on uh, South McDill, just south of Gandy. We had a lot of fun there, and uh, I had a small group of people I met uh, here in Ocala at Gator's Dockside. Uh, very enjoyed there. Uh, I got a guy who, listen, if you are uh, if you got uh, rocks and gardens and you want to do some landscaping work, I got a guy. Man, do I got a guy. He showed me some pictures of what he's doing. I got a guy. So if you don't want to do that, I'd appreciate it. Listen, it is time to get out of here. I'm Paul Truesdell.
1: And I'm Paul Truesdell.
0: And this is Two Pauls in a Pod. It's Friday, April 29th. And uh, what do you say we get out of
2: here? Thanks for joining us. See you on Tuesday. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored in part by Fixed Cost Financial, a registered investment advisor. Fixed Cost Financial, where investing is done right. Visit FixedCostFinancial.com, that's FixedCostFinancial.com. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is also sponsored in part by Lie Die Today. Intelligently protecting your most precious assets. Visit Lie that's Lie you'll be glad you did. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is also sponsored in part by the Estate Planning, Elder Law, and Asset Protection Planning Law Firm of Attorney Kelly and Truesdell. Visit truesdell.net, that's truesdell.net for more information. The Paul Truesdell Podcast website is paultruesdell.com, that's paultrusdell.com.